Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Today is Thursday, September 13th, 2012. Donna, here you go. You need this, right? We are still coming right down to the wire on this show, let me tell you. There you go. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. This this evening, we will take a look at Jason's Law as it is written within the current transportation bill. Uh, Map 21, the Moving Ahead for Progress in the 21st Century Act, describes a lack of safe and secured parking areas uh, for our nation's truckers as a national priority. And signed by President Obama on July 6th of this year, and as included in the Senate Transportation Reauthorization Bill, after three long years, Jason's law is now law. So simply put, Jason's law authorizes funding to be spent on truck parking facilities to address a shortage of long-term parking for uh, commercial motor vehicles. And what is the process that a state must use to apply for funding? And how will the funds be distributed? And what amount can a state receive? So with us this evening is Congressman Paul Tonko, who first introduced the bill in the House back in April of 2009 who will help answer these questions and hopefully will shed a little light on how this process will work. And uh, Donna, are you with me now? you got to turn on your mic. She's there somewhere. Now, uh, originally we were told that Congressman Tonko was going to call in about a quarter after, but I think we already have him on the line, and he doesn't have uh, much time, maybe 15, 20 minutes with us due to his schedule, so we're just going to go and jump right into it. Uh, Congressman Tonko, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's good to join both uh, you and Donna uh, tonight Thanks. and all of our truckers. Hey, Donna, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. We're real excited about the show. A lot of people uh, uh, asking questions uh, about the funding, and I know tonight we'll have it all resolved. Well, yeah, we, we sure hope. We're going to make it as clear as we can. So, And, Alan, it's a pleasure to join with you. Well, I'm glad to have you back. It's always a Thank pleasure. You. And uh, Hope Rivenberg was going to join us at the last minute. She contacted us, said she couldn't make it, but she wanted us to be sure to tell you to, uh, uh, you know, to thank you for all you've done. And uh, sorry well, she couldn't be on the show. Look, I appreciate her thanks, but if thanks are directed in any direction, it's to Hope because she and so many of our trucking friends were able to uh, be the outspoken voices that really kept this this item on the top of the heap. And uh, as we are working on the Surface Transportation Reauthorization Act, which uh, now is known as MAP, with the uh, uh, the, uh, the 21st century focus of MAP 21, 
um, it was able to survive. And it's great because it was a step to get it etched into statute and to have the concept adequately addressed. And, um, you know, it was a lot of hard work, a lot of people, hope directing a lot of people to knock on doors of their local Congress reps, coming here to Washington, working both the Senate and the House of Representatives, telling people about uh, the importance of the uh, uh, of the measures that we're trying to incorporate into law. If the federal government is going to require that there be these rest periods over a course of travel for our trucking industry, well, then we ought to have the infrastructure up and ready to go. And I thought it was a fairness issue, it was a justice issue, and certainly it was a uh, humanistic spin after the tragedy that Hope and her family, her children and their family members and friends endured with the untimely passing and the insensitivity shown uh, by someone for a mere $7 to uh, snuff out the life of a a hard-working, family-oriented, devoted man. And um, I, for one, just felt such justification here, such uh, vindication that came, uh, and such honor and tribute paid to Jason and his memory uh, for the work being done. And so we can all take great pride in this. It showed that the uh, the system does respond. It can work if we're willing to take the time and put the muscle into it. And Hope provided that leadership, and I'm forever grateful, and I'm certain our trucker community is tremendously grateful. Thank you. Yeah, well, it was it was a lot of a lot of people on board, uh, a lot of hard work, a lot of phone calls, and the community did pull together on this. So, um, but we are grateful that you uh, you did put that in in 2009 um, and brought it up to the house. So, well, you know, it, it, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Donna, but the. Um, you know, oftentimes people um, wonder how you get things done, and, you know, you rely on the extension of staff as your element out there to try and continue to work and put your own thoughts into the process. And they were very clever. Uh, the staff that serves this 21st Congressional District in New York was just very involved, very clever about how to approach it, and uh, um, determined to make a difference. And I think that determination, the pursuit of, of, uh, of difference, uh, in a very passionate uh, way, um, is what makes things happen. So we're we're thrilled. We think this was fair and just that the uh, the truckers be uh, dealt with with uh, adequate parking, um, well lit parking, um, spaces that come where they ought to be. Um, and I think it's what the framework and the mechanics of this bill, uh, this now act uh, in the federal in the federal um, statute. Uh, allows to have happen. You know, the the legislature provided the vision and the goal. They created the the policy, the public policy, and now it's the executive branch, uh, President Obama and his administration, to implement. It's their now given assignment. And so I I think it will be helpful to exchange with your listeners uh, just what happens, Alan and Donna, so that uh, we can get people actively involved in some of the beginnings uh, of the exercise. Um, Let me just state for the record that in the law itself, specific to the language of the law, um, 18 months is the threshold that has to be met in terms of the Secretary of Transportation, Transportation doing the survey with each state. So 
by time 18 months elapse from July 6th, we must have put together a survey with each state. Um, that is a lot of time, but when you look at what they're assigned to do, um, you realize there's much work to be done. The purpose of my sharing that 18-month span with your listeners is that they should take it upon themselves to get involved actively and and quickly uh, in this process. The the survey that the individual states have to do in, in compliance with the feds is to, one, look at the capability of that individual state to provide adequate parking. In other words, let's take an inventory of the parking uh, spaces available as we speak um, or at during this 18-month stretch. The second would be the volume. Measure the volume of commercial motor vehicle traffic within that specific state. Um, obviously, you have to have both of those measurements, available spots, parking slots, and 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 volume of traffic to really have an intelligent outcome. And then finally, we need to develop a system of metrics that will measure the adequacy of parking in the state. In other words, you know, within New York, my home state, you know, are there an abundance of parking slips that might be available in one region? And you might have inordinately high volumes of traffic in another region. And what you want to do is work that metric so that there's a reasonable bit of resource in the areas. You know, you're matching the transportation count with the physical space, the resting space. That will require a lot of coordination and info sharing. Now, my encouragement to your voting, excuse me, your trucking public, I'm thinking of votes that I just took, but with the trucking public, out there with the trucker public, if you know of spots where maybe there's long hauls before you can find a resting spot in a certain state, let those states know. If you see prime property that could be expanded, let them know. Whatever critical or critiquing input you can provide, um, that's important. And I think getting ahead of the curve, because this may move quickly and you don't want to have some of the potential of what you think good uh, resource would be uh, skipped over because they were informed at the tail end of the process. Jump into this process, get ahead of the curve, and, you know, as I said, the survey will be looking at the capability of the state to provide adequate parking. In other words, what what is the available space today for parking? What's needed? And then what is the volume of commercial vehicle traffic motor vehicle traffic, and then finally the metrics that make the adequacy of parking in the state work. Just how do you use those two measurements, the first two measurements, to put it into a reasonable grid that allows for the spirit and the letter of the law to be implemented? Okay, yeah, and just by jumping in there and helping, like you said, contacting your state, that well, obviously that would just kind of help push that Oh, absolutely. A little bit quicker. Yeah, and I think it's working, you know, having our truckers, I would encourage our truckers to be working partners. You know, who knows it better than the front line? The front line is those people uh, traveling day in and day out, moving our commerce, making America work. 
They know where compliance with the law is tough. Uh, Jason found out tragically that, you know, there wasn't that arrest uh, stop area. And, um, you know, again, you people live this. The truckers live this. It's part of their profession. It's part of their bread and butter. And so, you know, where is it unreasonable? Where is it optimum? Let them know those optimum spots and why. And maybe it becomes that replication point that can get, you know, carried across the map of that given state. And I think the beauty here is we are able to push for um, the results of the survey to be constantly updated and entered into a um, onto a website through the United States Department of Transportation, and they will be periodically updated. Um, and you know, then again, you provide your fine tuning. You know, as people begin to develop the results of these surveys, you know, again, a trucker perspective is what we most require here. We need to know from a trucker angle just what is going to work and not work here, and your fine-tuning is important. And, you know, the old adage that the squeaky wheel gets the grease, or maybe better said, the squeaky 18-wheeler gets the grease here. You know, let's hear it from the trucking community. Uh, let's have those 18-wheelers get squeaky and uh, make it happen. And where is the where is the best where would they go to make that happen? I mean, just contact the what what department of the state would they contact to let them know? Right, all of the work is going to be done through those given state departments of transportation, and through FHWA through the um, FHWA, the Federal Highway Administration, and the freight offices. Um, there's a website that we would encourage people to use, or, or, or rather an email, uh, by which information can be networked. Um, and if you want, I'll, I'll state that a couple of times over. It's freight. Oh, sure. Freight Feedback, F-R-E-I-G-H-T-F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K, at dot.gov. Let me repeat that, okay? It's okay. Freight Feedback, all one word, F-R-E-I-G-H-T-F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K, at D-O-T dot gov. And, okay. And, break, break you feedback know, at D-O-T dot gov, okay? Right. And, you know, it's a good bit of email to share with people so that they can then use technology to get their thoughts into the process. And, you know... One of the elements, too, is to look at what provisions there might be for battery-powered or natural gas-fueled parking facilities. You know, some of the state-of-the-art stuff will help in the operational expenses and provide added value. Um, so there are a number of things being looked at, um, and these projects are going to be treated as any other project would be under Chapter 1 of Title 23. So... You know, what you have here are a number of available um, project definitions that can then be entered into uh, the newly authorized MAP-21. Um, it's out there now for two years, reauthorized for two years at $109 billion. And what this measure, Jason's Law, does is enable these 
different projects to qualify now for those funds that will be dispersed. You know, up to this point in time, there was no way to access those funds. So with this information, you know, you have various sections of transportation law that are going to be made eligible for inclusion with this kind of work. Um, the FHWA says that that the state the state by state survey um, will begin this fall. So we have every reason to believe that we're just weeks or days away from from the survey. But I would love for you know our trucking friends out there and the advocates of Jason's Law to start thinking of just what info they want to feed. Um, into the process so that we can truly have it driven uh, by the uh, the trucker industry. All right. Well, I know your time is short, but well, we've got a, a bunch of questions flying around in the chat room. Let me just try to throw one out to you with sure. uh, uh, Andy Warkaba. He's he's asking: Will the survey, the DOT survey, take into account the possibility of developing truck staging areas near major metropolitan areas? I think that any and all of these dynamics can be taken into account. And I think, again, okay. if a lot of of noise, a lot of squeaky wheels are are going to be um, heard, then they'll get that grease. I think that, you know, it's your information going into freight feedback at dot.gov that will provide a useful uh, bit of information here. And... And I think, you know, something like that with areas near metro air, uh, zones in this country, uh, you know, would probably provide a usefulness because there would be a high need, uh, a volume sort of thing that's, uh, that is that is required. Congressman Tonko, I, I, I need to ask this because this is like the number one question. Um, there is no amount. In the transportation bill, right? Uh, how much uh, is there a limit? I know in the pilot program of um, that was submitted, <clears throat> there was a set amount of I believe it was six million dollars for five years or right. something like. That. Okay. Yeah. And yet there's there's no amount. Now I took it that there really is not a limited amount, that it depends on the need for each state. And right. am I correct in saying that, that there is no limit as long as they can show need? Right. You're absolutely right. What this will do is enable state by state to deal within the construct of the federal law that now makes eligible the funding pots um, to these given uh, rest stop areas. Um, heretofore, they were not eligible. So, if we, what we need to do is have states prioritize this improvement, that will then have them, in partnership with the federal government, in providing the resources to make it happen. Um, there was 109 billion reauthorized for two years in Map 21 for a whole range of activities. But then, you know, as is the case with so many projects out there, the states get involved and they determine just what the needs are and they compete 
for these funds. They apply for these funds. But the big change here is that we're able to make eligible uh, the development of these parking opportunities. So what I'm hearing you say is that the money will be there um, if we notify our people, our senators, congressmen, and the feedback. Right. You'll be working with your state legislators and your state administrative people, your governors and their DOT teams. Um, But, you know, here the surveys will come in very handy. We'll see where the shortfalls lie and um and be able to develop the prioritization that comes through public advocacy that is why i'm suggesting get out there early in the in in the curve ahead of the curve and as they begin these surveys this fall uh, and again they have 18 months by which to complete the surveys get out there so that you know there is this understanding that the need is inordinate and again the bill the federal bill that was recently signed in July, July 6th, by the president, has language within it that made it explicitly clear that these projects are eligible. The eligibility was very key to uh, getting Jason's Law folded into the uh, Surface Transportation Act. Um, the other question was, um, are we going to be able to see the results of that survey? Um, yes. As I said, they will constantly update uh, the survey. They'll have um, the results of the survey will be on that website through the United States Department of Transportation, and it will be updated so that all the changes, the input that's coming, will also be shared uh, with the general public. So all our input that we put in also will be there? Yes. Okay. And what is that website again? The website is FreightFeedback at – or or the email. The email is the FreightFeedback at DOT.gov. But the website um, is not yet a live link. Uh, That will be developed. Uh, The website itself, um, that was a hard-fought battle will be developed by USDOT. That is in the process of being uh, put together. But when there is a live link, we will be sharing it with people out there because we want everyone to be informed. I think public information here, public education um, for everyone, you know, all of the people who administer the funds need to be educated also by the trucking community. So it's a two-way highway, if you will, um, where everybody's going to learn in the process. But we want the letter, and the spirit of the law to be totally implemented and, um, and you know, exercised and, and respected. Uh, we think that's very important. So, in essence, I think it's safe to say that the real victory lies uh, that it, it could possibly go way beyond the original $6 million a year. Um, it could, depending on how states prioritize and where the needs are determined. But I think that, uh, again, what I have learned in my years in government is that when the people speak, you know, there's results are produced. And in this case, truckers speaking with the ultimate experience that are going to be able to relate everyone to the letter and spirit of the law here 
and are going to be able to make certain that there's not a repeat uh, of a Jason outcome. Um, all done through the advocacy of Hope, Jason's widow, uh, is all honored and respected, and that would make us uh, most proud. Okay. Uh, well, right. one of the que- one one of the questions I had was how did the states go about applying for funds? We may not have time for that, but I would assume that the states have already been notified of that process. Yeah, um, you know, the United States Department of Transportation will be reaching out to the 50 state members, and um, I'm certain you know the education process will begin. And you know, these are big changes that come in law, but uh, we want to be out there working with our trucking community so that our truckers, our nation's truckers, who move America, who keep our economy on the upswing, um, are informed because they are the agents that are most impacted by this. And again, it was done in the spirit of the trucking community in the name of Jason uh, Rivenberg that uh, we want this done. So okay. I am going to have to sign off, gentlemen, because I have another assignment tonight. Uh, and Donna and Alan, it's been a pleasure to join with you. But um, we will keep you updated on all of the activities and keep you informed. And everyone has been so tremendous in their in desire and their advocacy to get this done uh, that we're proud to have been affiliated with everyone here. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. I know you have to run. Thanks again okay. for joining us, and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Okay. Hey, look, anytime we can spread the truth about trucking and add to that, we want to. So thank you okay. for the service you provide to all of our truckers out there. Alan and Donna, you're great. All right. Thank you. Thank okay. you. You're mm-hmm. welcome. Appreciate, have appreciate a good it. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. Um, well, we got them there a little bit longer than expected, Don. I mean, it's hard, you know. These guys, are, I mean, they're busy. They've got, I mean, they're just squeezing in every little thing in their schedule. But we, uh, you know, man, I, I had some eight big questions on there, but we got a little bit in there. Yeah, I think um, I think what we could do is just, you know, keep those questions. And uh, I think he's really very willing to answer them. And we could even put them in emails and get them that way. I, if we can't get them on the show again, um, I think that's the best way to do it. Uh, that website, I can't wait for that website to come live so we can look at the survey and give all our feedback. Uh, I think it's very important that we create some kind of centralized post where um, drivers realize the seriousness that, yeah, it's in the bill, but it does look like, just like we said a couple of months ago, Alan, it looks like we're still going to have to do some muscle and leg work and uh, still call up our state's representatives to let them know, listen, you've got funds for this, and then and and we want to see it used. And, you know, like he said, it's the people who speak who get things done because it was a concern of drivers. Well, if they have all this money coming, who's to say they're not going to use it for truck parking? Well, that's our job, and we're going to have to keep doing it. And I think if we all join forces again, um, all the drivers, OIDA and HOPE and, you know, everybody who was ever on board totally with this whole thing, it's going to be a continued process. We might have to have more national call-in days like we did for Jason's Law, only this way, this time uh, when, when we get the results from the surveys, you know, hey, this is, this is what DOT says. We need parking over here and, and just have those days. I, I, I mean, do you agree? I mean, this is the way it looked initially when we looked at it and we even said it. 
and now it's confirmed. Well, yeah. Well, I remember in the beginning, you know, I mean, there were there were quite a few in the industry uh, that you know were you know saying that Jason's law was never was never going to happen. But just like Congressman said, I mean, you know, his name and Hope Rivenberg's name is synonymous with Jason's law, but. There's a lot of a lot of names out there that haven't been, you know, will never be recognized. But they, they, uh, you know, they got in with the national call-in days. They emailed, they phoned, they faxed. You know, you said a national call-in day. We could also have a national email day. I mean, just the freight feedback uh, at dot.gov. I mean, like Congressman said, you know, start now. You know, don't wait. Start now. And um, I mean, who's who's best for the states to hear from than the truckers themselves? Well, yeah, I mean, he used one of my favorite phrases. Did you think of me when he said about the squeaky wheel? Yeah, you say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I tell you, we got a got a caller here. Let's try to grab somebody. A congressman had to run, but I believe this is uh, North Carolina, area code 336. Go ahead. You're on the show. Alan? Uh-huh. Hey, it's Bill. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Hi, Donna. How are you? Okay. Um, I wanted to I, – I know he had to run. Um, I wanted to let him know what North Carolina had said back to me. Um, I sent them an email today. Um, I had sent my congressman an email, but he was busy with the House and uh, Senate committee meeting that was held today with uh, Ann Farrow and everyone else. So um, I spoke with them a little bit. They told me to talk to my DOT department for my state. So what he's saying is correct. And the response I got was, uh, hello, sir, thank you for writing to us. We are looking into this with both NCDOT, which is North Carolina DOT, and the U.S. DOT, and we'll advise further on how the situation is shaping up since enactment of MAP-21. So basically what the congressman said was, they, if I heard this correctly, the USDOT has to contact the states, and then they have 18 months to do the surveys, and then from there it'll start rolling out. My now, you hadn't gone yet. Um, he had said what he suggests. He wants to see all of us get a jump start on this, not to wait for the 18 months. Well, so I would, part, go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've already. I'm sorry. I know. um, So he suggested we get a jump start, and I posted that email address in the chat room, that freight feedback at dot.gov, and that if we have ideas, and if I heard him correctly, it was like if we saw even places that looked like uh, truck parking could be, Alan. I mean, did you? Yeah, that's what he's saying. That's what that whole email is about, and it goes directly to uh, the ones that will be making the decision so uh, they can hear directly from truckers on, uh, you know, hey, this place right here, you know, need, you know, really needs a, a rest area, needs a stop. Uh, send it directly to them through that email. That's what they're uh, looking for and hoping for. And I'll tell you what I would do. Okay, to make the I think, you know, the check and balance system of our governments that should take place uh in this type of uh communication. I would be CCing that to my congressman and senator to let them know that there's people that are, are, are interested in this and um also to let them know you know about the survey. We we realize the survey 
uh, has 18 months. However, we already know that our state is badly in need of truck parking and that we'll be on that survey. So in in saying all that, this is what we would like to suggest or I would like to suggest or whoever. And I think I think that kind of accountability and let them know that you're aware of the 18 months, the DOT survey that has to take place, I think that gets people's attention rather than just emailing, uh, hey, I think this piece of land up here looks pretty good for truck parking, okay? Yeah, you do all avenues. Basically what Congressman said was uh, – uh, just like so many people got involved with, you know, pushing Jason's law through, if they do the same thing here now with this survey and by use of that email and, and contacting Congress, just the same thing they did before, uh, drivers could act, could actually shape this uh, themselves in a way, really, is what he was saying. Oh, absolutely, and, and that's exactly um, the way we had interpreted it. Uh-huh. That's the way Hope had uh, interpreted it also. We spoke to her about... I don't know, four or six weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we said to our, we said to each other, you know, this could go way beyond $6 million a year for, uh, for five years, the way the initial Jason's Law pilot program was going to be. I mean, if a, if a state shows, if DOT's survey shows that this state needs parking and then people start calling up, there's nothing else they can spend it on, and if they do, they're going to lose their votes, and there's no two ways about it. Yeah, I um, yeah, I didn't really get to all that. I, knew, I, I figured he'd only have about 15 or 20 minutes or so. They usually do, and I mean, I guess especially with everything happening over in the Middle East right now, they're per, they're, I mean, he's in Washington, he's in Washington D.C. right now, so I imagine things are hopping over there. Oh yeah, I think um, you know I was talking to, uh, I guess she's, I don't know what. Uh, an aide. I, I didn't look at the bottom of the email, but anyway, um, he had a lot going on, and I have a feeling that it has all to do with what's been going on with uh, oh yeah, the and everything. Yeah, I'm sure. But anyway, go ahead, Bill. Anything else? Well, I do have one question. What uh, there's there was a lot of internet activity for the state of Maryland this past week. And the state of Maryland started anou- announced before they did it that they were going to start writing tickets. For trucks, I'm sure you guys saw the articles on Facebook. Um, for truckers that are parked on the side of the road um, in areas that we honestly, anyone who's traveled up and down the eastern seaboard or, or eastern coast or just eastern states, have parked there all along. Um, and this, this really, um, yeah, I know it gets underneath my skin. Uh, in fact, I'm being pretty calm about it right now, but uh, I was pretty hot yesterday about it on Center Lane that the state of Maryland is it's just outright writing tickets where there's nowhere for guys to park, and yet this Jason's Law, you know, it's been written into law, we got this on the movement, and that then, then yet we have a state like Maryland who just all of a sudden decides, well, uh, you guys who are truckers, you're not worth it, and Jason's Law doesn't mean anything to us, and even though it's been... So I think I think that's perfect for the people in Maryland when they write to that freight feedback. That is perfect 
to say, look what we have to go through in Maryland, handing tickets because there's not enough truck parking. Well, yeah, they were all that's that you Bill, you're talking about parking along what was it, Interstate 83? Well, not only 83, but um, yeah. Well, basically, that's 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 my big example right there, 83, where uh, Pennsylvania and Maryland come together, but also uh, parking right there on on the 495 loop uh, when you're going out towards 50. A lot of guys have parked there for years too, and that's that that loop, that ramp right there that goes 495 to 50 out to 301. That ramp right there is two or three trucks wide easily, and guys have been parking there for years. So my point, that's correct, Donna. That's exactly correct. It is a great example. But my question now is, is how do we fight for our rights when there's nowhere to park up there in those areas and we're getting handed tickets for this? That, that's just that's like a huge slap in the face from the state of Maryland as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how the rest of the audience feels, but I – I mean, I feel like, you know, we've been parking there for years. We get Jason's Law passed, and it feels like, oh, well, we fought to get Jason's Law passed, and now because we got it passed, now we're going to get smacked in the face by the state of Maryland. I don't think the one has anything to do with the other, although I think it's a good thing Jason's Law was passed because now at least uh, we have a leg to stand on, so to speak, because had it been passed, then there's no hope. You see, then you you could just say, all right, we have to do something to fight uh, all these uh, tickets uh, going on for for the parking. But you know, th- this is they're they're not really related, and yet they're very much related. Uh, right. So I think it's the hope that we have now. Well, at least we have the process coming up. I mean, along as parking along an interstate, I mean that is a safety issue. But it's like you say, Donna, it's. Uh, uh, that's just a perfect example that to give uh, to give those drivers the uh, firepower they need to to fire off those emails and say you know like Bill said you know look what we're having to go through with Maryland you know we need a rest area here we need one here we need one there so uh, it just kind of adds to the punch uh, you know needed to get this thing done and I think it's just a matter of all of us all those concerned to get that this information out of what drivers need to do, um, whether it be, you know, you know, it's going to have to be in a lot of different places because there's 3 million drivers and not all of them go to one particular place. They go all over as far as social media sites, uh, newspapers, you know. Uh, it's going to have to be uh, well, well documented where to write, who to call, what to do. I mean, we'll do our best with our audience, but it's going to have to, you know, be extended to um, even greater audiences in order to reach three million drivers. And those DOT surveys are taking place right now. I mean, Andy Andy Warkaba of Warkaba and Associates didn't he tell you, Donna, the uh, FHA was already yeah uh, already getting those surveys mm-hmm. on. You know, they're ongoing now. Yeah, he said that they're on it. And uh, he, he's very concerned about this. So we have a lot of people, even people, um, you know, other than the trucking community, who are very concerned about this. So uh, I, I'm very excited about it because I always look at hope. And, uh, you know, this, this to me is something that, okay, you can't sit back and go, okay, Jason's law is passed. Now let's just sit down. No. No, it doesn't end there. It's not like that. You're, you've still got a lot of work. And you know what? So what? We're used to work. 
because we know how state governments work, they'll sit back and and you know the because uh, what was it the uh, the deadline I believe is uh, what, where do I have that here October October first two thousand fourteen and so it's gonna st- it's still gonna be up to all of us to uh, to send that email to that freight feedback at dot.gov, contact everybody keep the movement going and make sure those funds are uh, brought in by the states and used for what they were set aside for. Okay, yeah, I, I have just, one more question, if, and then I'm, I'm done. I appreciate y'all letting me talk. I'm hoping not stepping on anybody. When we build these things, okay, a lot of guys are asking, where's the money going to come from to staff these things, to make sure these places are clean, to make sure they've got toilet paper and paper towels and and the toilets are clean and, and everything else. They've they've got to. I don't know how that's going to happen. Do you guys know how that's going to happen? If they're going to staff these places, I mean, we got the funding to build them. Now, oh, that the was part. Of, that was part of the um, maintenance initially with uh, Jason's law when it first started, and part of the money that the states could have gone for, uh, I believe, was even for maintenance of the rest areas. So okay. I'm assuming that they have to include that in the money they request. Yeah, I think that's still that's still somewhere there in the bill. Uh, I don't have it here in front of me, but it would it would have to. They can't just build them in there and then leave them empty, I guess. Right. And, and the other thing is, just to let everyone know, that there was a similar funding for parking, and uh, the states never – asked for the money. There was money left over until everybody started making a big uh, a big stink about this when uh, Jason's Law came into effect. And then they started going for the money. So that's why it's so important that everyone know the money is available for truck parking. Because if if they don't think we know about it, They'll try to get the money for something else, and that's that's a fact. Everyone knows that. There's nothing new here. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you know, listeners can uh, con- contact Congressman Tonko directly just through his website, tonko.house.gov. I'm sure there's a contact uh, link on that page too, and uh, that can get to him, and um, you know, or his staff, or something like that for further questions and everything. But I guess it boils down to right now what. What I've learned this evening is uh, the email he gave us and to jump on it right now and, and keep this thing moving. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, hey, you know, you, you want something, you're going to have to go fight for it because there's 50 other people fighting that for that slice of pie. Yeah, I, I know. I think <laughs> uh, I think it was good you got them, though, on the uh, that there could be more than $6 million. Well, yeah, I mean, if you figure it out, look at the amount in the bill. Yeah. It's billions. Yeah, I think this is, I think the total amount in the bill if I remember right is like 118 billion. I wanted to know if what what was the amount specifically set aside for Jason's law, but It was 6 million. It was, yeah. Years um or let me think. In my mind, it's um I'm thinking 20 million total. Yeah, I think it was. So, however that is, you know, it comes to $20 million. Well, that's going to be a drop in the bucket yeah. compared to what could really be given if we 
get on our, our states that need the parking. And that that's the key, and that's what I'm saying. If this doesn't get out there to everybody to let them know that, they're listen, you want more parking? Okay, this is what you have to do. And if you don't do it, it means you don't really care. And I'm sorry, you know, I I get very tired of whiners who complain and then don't do anything. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we were given the we were given the tools this evening to do it. I think he had a good point. You know, start early, start now. Don't don't wait till the you know the eighteen months is almost up. Do it now, because that just keeps the pressure on. Oh, absolutely. And and when we do it, I I'm I don't know. I'm going to CC you know everybody I can think of. Let them know. Hey, we're on to this. Oh, uh, you'll have to kind of put we'll have to kind of put together a post, kind of get it all together and. And uh, with the email and, you know, what what congressman said today, kind of, you know, put it all together in a, in a understandable format and uh, put it in a post and get it out there and kind of get the movement going. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure and I'm sure Hope will put it up on her site, too. And uh, Yeah, I was hoping Hope could join us, but she got caught up in something and couldn't do it because uh, she could. She has a lot of insight into this thing, too, you know. I mean, it's. It's been three years. It's been a it's a long, long battle, but she just uh, never gave up, hung in there. I know she's a, she's such a trooper. I can't wait to see her again. And I just want to uh, share with everybody that we are having um, on the twenty eighth. We didn't know it when we planned the the convention next month. The twenty eighth is Jason's birthday, and he had told me that they always like have a celebration on his birthday. You know, a remembrance. Uh, and they do it, you know, privately in New York. So the fact that she's coming down um, for the convention, which she was really thrilled to come down again for it. Uh, well, what we're going to do is we're going to have a cake in memory of Jason and in celebration of Jason's law in the transportation bill. She was so thrilled when we told her. Um, I mean, I can't tell you, she was just so happy to hear that. So um, everybody on that Sunday, October 28th, uh, we will be having a cake in honor of Jason and the transportation bill, and I, I hope everybody's going to be able to join us there. Yeah, well, we'll cover a little bit more. Well, you know, I've got a two-hour show, and our guest was on for 20 minutes, so we got a lo- we got a little ways to kill here, Donna. Oh, well, I'll tell you, we've got uh, – is Bill still on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me open up the thing there if he's still uh, – yeah, Bill, you're still up there. Hey, Bill. Yeah. You know, did, you listen, did you I listen did. Uh, to the uh, committee meeting today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but can I can I just mention something before we go forward with that? I did listen to the whole thing. Um, the, the states have really got to be. I, I don't want to say this the wrong way. They they they're really not smart if they don't pursue this, because the number one thing that this gonna is gonna do in the acquisition of the land, okay, the acquisition of the land is going to provide money for contractors who are surveyors, okay? That, in turn, is going to provide money for the guys who do the blueprints and the drawings for these rest areas and projects. That, in turn, is going to create and money for the guys who are in the construction that in turn is going to create create monies and revenues and incomes for truckers who haul this stuff to the supply houses that supply all the equipment and everything else. And then it's going to create money for the vendors who supply the toilets and 
the fixtures and everything else. It's it's just a win-win situation all the way around. So to me, if my state now, I'm I'm going to fire up Congressman Coble and everybody else that I can down here, um, but. I, honestly, it's it's a very good deal. It's a win situation for everybody. It's not just for truckers. It, it creates money. It creates jobs. It creates an income flow. And so, I think that kind of thought should go into that letter at the feedback.gov. <clears throat> because if you, you know, you just let them know that you're aware of what's going on, and then enlighten them, you know. The more information you give, I think, the better. Right. Okay, now oh, yeah. you were saying the uh, hearing today? Oh, my God, we were both listening to it, and, of course, I don't know about you, but when that guy from... Um, Congressman Don Young. Yeah, that was it. Alaska. Uh-huh, yeah, that's the one. I couldn't believe... What he said, and I, I here I even I even copied and pasted it. Um, well, get it together. I got to take a quick break, Don, oh. okay? Get it together, and uh, uh, got to get our sponsors in here, and uh, we'll just see where the show takes us. We'll talk about that committee hearing with the CSA and uh, Congressman Don Young out of Alaska just tearing into Ann Farrow over the CSA thing. So uh, hang with us. We'll be right back. Okay. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. I hear from a lot of newcomers to the industry who still have that entrepreneur spirit that has made the United States of America the great country that she is. And many of them still have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner-operator. Truth About Trucking Live is all about providing honest, reliable information about the OTR trucking industry, especially for those just beginning their truck driving careers. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that has kept America moving since truck were first used by the military in World War I. If you're considering starting your own owner-off business, there's only one name that you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plans in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final monthly payment, they hand over the title, the truck is yours. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month and sometimes even less. A great inventory to choose from, including Peterbilt's, Volvo's, Internationals, and Freightliners, and all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go to work. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to change motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free, 866-512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys for the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com. Man, it's crowded tonight. Care if I join you? Sure, have a seat. Sorry about the paperwork. <laughs> Name's Cole. Appreciate it. I'm Harlan, by the way. Here's a fill-up for you guys. Thanks, honey. Harlan, you look hungry. What can I get you? I'll have a Coke and whatever he's having. Back in a bit. What are you doing with all this paperwork, driver? Looks like you're tripping over your trip sheets. 
I want to get a jump on these taxes before they jump me. There is a better way to manage your trucking paperwork. With TripSheetCentral.com, you're a login away from tracking every aspect of your business. TripSheetCentral.com organizes your information easily so you can see how your business is performing. That sounds easy. And it's fast. Time-consuming paperwork is eliminated with a low-cost monthly subscription. I no longer have to worry about invoices, settlement reports, or fuel tax returns. TripSheetCentral.com does that for me. Manage your business information securely with TripSheet Central. Visit TripSheetCentral.com at your next stop. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. And, uh, Donna, I was watching you when that hearing was going on, and Congressman Young was, uh, uh, I don't know how you would say it, uh, I guess ask, just simply asking questions to uh, Ann Farrow. And, uh, boy, you were getting all excited over there. Yeah, well, you know, because... Uh, he was saying exactly what people need to say, and I, I wrote down a few of them, and I think the one he started out with, he made the statement that the small companies uh, are really getting hit the hardest on this, and he said to uh, to Ann Farrell, this whole system is an illusion of what you want it to be. You want it to work out a certain way, but it's an illusion. It's not happening. And and he was pretty disgusted. And then when he came back and said that um what they need to take a logic pill because this whole this whole thing is just totally illogical. I, I but Well, you know, he was talking about and did you hear him? Did you catch him when he said that he that he has a CDL? Yeah, I did hear yeah. that. I believe Yeah. And what he was talking about was he was asking uh you mean to tell me if uh a driver is sitting at a red light, and some idiot comes along talking on their cell phone and drives her car underneath my truck that I'm at fault. And she said, yes, that's a, that's right. And uh, he lost it at that point. Oh, but yeah. That's when he was saying, you know, I, I think I think we need to develop a logic pill. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. I mean, it wasn't funny. I mean, it was it was truthful, though. And, and I could see the look on her face that she was totally shocked that um, anybody would, you know, I mean, was he rude? Well, I kind of think he was a little rude. But on the other hand, I was cheering from him, not because I don't like Ann Farrell, but because somebody, you know, needs to just shake people up. And if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. Well, he was verbally expressing what so many drivers and people in the industry have been expressing for all this time now, but here he is sitting sitting in a committee hearing. He's a congressman. He's got you know some uh, a senior congressman at that, and uh, uh, he he was he wasn't holding anything back. No, there was quite a few things came up. Um, I, you know, I I I don't think Rich was able to listen to it. I sent him a message, and um, you know, he stopped off on the side. He said, "Hey, I was driving." Uh, I, I I wasn't listening to it, and I've got to run. So, uh, but 
I don't know, you, were you able to tape that or anything? You said you were going to try to get the recording on it. Uh, I'll find the audio. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll be up somewhere on C-SPAN. I, I haven't found it yet. probably takes a little time, but I'll, I'll probably I'll find it somewhere and get some uh, little bites out of it, make some audios, and we'll have a show on it. Well, I think um, uh, Congressman out of Tennessee uh, he finally ended by saying, um, let's see, stating that there needs to be a way to fix the problems in CSA, specifically violation responsibility for no faults, just what uh, what they were talking about, how if somebody slams the back of you, e- even though it's not your fault, it's still part of uh, CSA and you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, he he had the that was the well, I didn't hear the, all of it, but I mean that was his really biggest issue that I heard of how the uh, you know the crash data works. And uh, the other one, did you hear Duncan end with this? And he said, and like things like having a blanket in the truck is a violation should not be a part of it. I mean, he was really disgusted. Somebody brought up that you can get a ticket, a violation if you don't have a blanket in your truck. And, uh, I mean, you could see when he ended it, he was just, like, disgusted with it. So Well, that's the government taking care of you. They they want you to make sure you have a blanket in case it's cold outside and you ha- you don't have an APU. Okay, but then you give the company the 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 the, uh, the ticket, not the driver. <laughs> I'm being facetious. Oh, oh. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's like we heard today. I don't know if anybody heard this, but um, uh, the – the the mayor of New York City, they they finally passed a law where you know you that that big gulp soft drink you know you you can't buy that now. So this is kind of the same thing, little things like this that we're seeing in this. Yeah, isn't that something in New York City? If you go to a a, a restaurant, you cannot order a drink more than sixteen ounces. What I want to know is, do they give free refills for the drink? I mean, so yeah, maybe you're getting a smaller cup, but. Well, just go up and get some more. I don't get it. I don't understand where it's their business. But you can buy all the beer and cigarettes you want. Yeah, you can buy a big, <laughs> so. you know, half-gallon bottle of uh, whiskey or whatever, or beer, or, um, carton of cigarettes. So I don't understand. What about that last thing I heard on the TV just before the show? Your mouth dropped open. Where they're now they're saying, I forget who it was, some lady somewhere. I don't remember now, but. Um, uh, She's saying that a peanut butter and jelly sandwich could be seen as racist. Oh my God! Oh my God! I can't. I mean, really? Are we? Have we just lost our minds? I think we've gone crazy. Really? Yeah. So freedom uh, is down down the tubes totally. If if you can't what say peanut butter? What what was the deal? You can't say peanut butter and jelly. You can't bring it. What? Uh, she was saying that peanut butter and jelly sandwich uh, it, it could be a racist thing because. Um, uh, I guess in the schools or something because uh, uh, Latinos or you know the Spanish people, the Spanish students, you know they people who don't eat a eat sandwiches, they may want a tostita uh, or a pita or something. Okay. Well. So now she's now they're now they're someone out there is trying to make the peanut butter and jelly sandwich into a racist thing. So. Okay. Well, everybody's just going nuts. That's all I can say. They're just crazy. Because, I mean, hey, they put um, tacos. I and mean, that's the whole idea of the United States as a melting pot. 
So we eat all kinds of things. There's all kinds of restaurants, um, especially in New York. You go to New York, you could, you name any country in the world, and there's a restaurant in New York for that. So if you don't like peanut butter and jelly, go to one of those restaurants. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, Bill, we still got you up here. I mean, did you did you say you no. didn't you did, you didn't have the you didn't hear the hearing today either, right? No, I listened to the whole thing. Yeah, in fact, uh, oh, you did. I don't. Yeah, I think your wife and I were corresponding the whole time, and I was I was corresponding with Rich when he could get to the internet. So um, they really they really she came out, Pharaoh came out and did her did her little supportive speech and spiel on everything that they're doing on the CSA and everything else, and then someone else came out right behind her. I don't remember who that was, but then after that, just about every person that they had testify. Um, including the guy who came from FedEx, which surprised uh, Munga or something like that, Mungus. Mm-hmm. The guy from FedEx, yeah. and the next three or four people that testified, basically, in, in a nutshell, said that CSA is not working. Um, right. There's no way to determine whether a company has been involved in a crash or whether it's violations, and. Uh, then they got into the thing, and then this is when I called Rich right away, was with the data queue challenge, was that these people have been able to go to court, have these court cases thrown out or won their court cases, but then the FMCSA has come back and said, no, we're not allowing you to challenge it at all. And basically what what one of the, one of the men on the panel said was they're sick and tired of hearing complaints that truck drivers are losing jobs over basically what is little piddly things which have absolutely nothing to do with safety. Okay, if you uh, help me remember the lady who was there from Tennessee. Was it the paper company, the one that they couldn't hear, that her mic kept going off? Yes, the lady with dark hair and and, uh, the dark jacket. Yeah, her. her. She was the daughter of the company. To the sea, they're out of Tennessee. They had a point zero two on their score, point zero two percent, and the DOT FMCSA went to their uh, home terminal because they had paperwork issues. They didn't have any safety issues. It was just drivers and paperwork issues. And one of the congressmen or senators, he just came unglued. He said, you mean to tell me that we spent federal dollars in your office for nine days? And she said, yeah, they had to call her twice to testify because they wanted to get the facts straight. They were in their office for nine days. They still gave them a satisfactory rating on the safety, but there was no accidents. There was no no anything that was really a, a Extreme concern except for a paperwork issue. And when Ann Farrell was asked why did they spend the money, she said, well, that indicates that they're a safety hazard. No, no, it doesn't. You know, I was talking with Kirk Bell, who is, who is my senator's topic this afternoon, and he said, Bill, you would not believe the number of clerical mistakes that are in this government paperwork. I said, that's the point. That's what's going on over here with our industry right now. Rich, you don't know how many times Rich and I talk about companies are being put out of service, are are being completely wiped off the availability to run map because they've got little things wrong with their paperwork. And you're going to tell me that a government official doesn't do that? 
They, the governments do that. The government people do that all the time. Uh, I sat in a federal courtroom this past week, as you guys may or may not know. Uh, listened to a federal, to two federal prosecutors, one special agent from the IRS. This this was a case that I, I knew about, and I was interested to see what was going on with it. Um, the guy's figures that he turned into the courts. Now the trial. Through the whole trial that took two and a half months for this fellow, through everything else, all these figures were just accepted. Now, when it got to the final court, which was this guy's sentencing date, okay, I know it's off topic, so I'm going to cut it short. His figures were wrong, okay? He's a special agent and prosecutor for the United States IRS Department, and his figures were wrong, okay? We're truckers, okay? Not going to offend anybody else. We don't have years of book. Some of us have years of bookkeeping experience because we run our own business. Some of us don't, okay? But you're going to sit there and throw a guy and his company under the bus, a company that's been existing for I don't know how many years, she said, but one of the senators really came unglued on Ann Farrow and said, you mean to tell me that this company has been in business for this long and you're bothering them for these mistakes? This is ridiculous. There's there's no reason for it. It's basically what he said. You know, I'm going to you, today's meeting is better than the Mixac meetings. I I mean, I think it's, it's making Congress open their eyes to what's going on with all this. So, I mean, I think the Mixac meetings are important, but I think this was even more important because you brought in a broader uh, audience. And if it really bothers the, the certain people that were there today, then, you know, they're going to take a closer look at it all. So uh, I was really thrilled. Um, I mean, we just sat here, the two of us, listening to this whole thing, and, and I was like, wow, this is great. You know, this is, this is all coming out. Well, the Alaskan uh, uh, senator, congressman, he was the head of this committee, okay? So he's already at the point where he's ready uh, to go nuclear on this whole thing. You know, he he was very upset, um, as was the chairman of this subcommittee uh, or committee. And I think that even the ATA was on board saying the CSA scores are not proper. And what's scary is that Ann Farrow sat there and stated that 40% of the carriers are inspected, okay? So that means that 60% of the carriers that are out there on the road, and this should be a major concern for everyone, 60% are not inspected. And during the whole meeting, not, not one single idea or mention of we need to increase the number of, uh, sorry, decrease the number of days for the inspection, okay? If they want to talk about inspecting trucks, and you, you know, I'm pretty sure that you heard Ann Farrell say, well, we just don't have the resources to do that. She said that more than once. Well, okay, we, we're a country right now that is hurting. Americans are hurting for jobs. 
So Ann Farrow should be up there underneath Obama's nose saying, I need people to come to work for me because the safety of the nation's highways is at risk right now because we don't have enough inspectors and we can't do our job properly because we don't have enough inspectors. They, they don't ha- it's not that they don't have enough resources. She's not willing to take the right steps to make it happen. Okay, that's, that's my honest opinion. You guys can tell me I'm wrong, but I, that's, that's exactly what I, I think. My opinion is how can we do that when we need to be sending Egypt $1.3 billion? Well, that's, that's very that's – very, we have our, our priorities as a nation are, are completely messed up, you know. But um, it, just, it just baffles me, the, the answers that she gave today, and the senator from Alaska, or congressman, he, he said, now you've been come – you have been uh, challenged now. Three different people on this board have come at you three different ways with the same question, and you keep coming up with the thing that – I'm, and then it, that's when he got in the thing with the accident of him sitting in the traffic light and somebody rear-ending him, and then he's responsible for that. Um, it just it baffles me that and, and the the same uh, representative was saying that uh, golly um, that she needed to be able to present the data and overlook everything in such great detail that she is bringing forward correct information. And when after that, she says, oh, yes, most definitely. We're, we're definitely, we have definitely done that. And uh, yes, yes, we've done that. And I'm just like, no. How do you explain this? I mean, every, it just seemed to me that everybody who was on that panel, including everyone who testified except for her and the person who came behind her, is saying that CSA is not proper in its manner. And in fact, what, bothers me is the chairman of the committee even said to her uh, near the end of the meeting that questions, qualms, and very strong concerns about some of the CSA policies, and yet they still went and wrote it. And the Alaskans' uh, response to that was, he's tired of the bureaucratic nonsense. And he said, he came out and said it, you're one of these people who thinks you can do whatever you want to do because you're a bureaucrat, and the FMCSA doesn't answer to anybody, so they can do whatever they want to. Did say so that? I remember. I remember. Oh, he was he was on a roll. I'll tell you what. I'd like to. I'd really love to have him on uh, the show and share his knowledge and opinions. Um, I'm sure Richard and him would just be like holding hands together, um, <clears throat> but. I was very, very happy to hear somebody stand up. What about the uh, – there was a couple of other comments on there also. Uh, Ann Farrell said she's looking to put driver rating system in the future. Did you catch that? Besides the SMS just for the carriers? Yeah. Did you catch I, it, To me, the, the problem, the whole CSA thing, um, what I said last night on, on Center Lane was the same thing I'm going to say now is that the CSA has, has basically taken the responsibility of the equipment being in proper running order to go down the road off the company and put it on the driver, okay? Uh, I, me and Deb, were out on the truck one day, okay? We delivered to a military base, made the delivery and everything. The next morning, we had a situation with the trailer, okay? Called the company. The guy says, I want you to drive it all the way down here. I says, you want me to drive the truck all the way from North Carolina to Georgia with this problem? 
and we're in the hot seat of North Carolina DOT. I said, first off, that's wrong for you to ask me to do that. I said, second off, I'm not going to do it. And I said, third, it's going to cost me this much fuel to drive down there, and then I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going to get the points, and I'm going to get everything else. They're not going to do anything to you. So this is what's wrong with CSA, is if myself, and this happens every day to drivers out here, a driver goes into his company and says, hey, uh, you know, my air compressor is not working right. Uh, I can't get air. Oh, just go down the road, Johnny. You know, we'll fix it later. And then he may or may not get pulled in, and all of a sudden Johnny's got points on his license. And, you know, it goes from that, and we've all talked about this plenty of times, uh, it goes from that to the point of being ridiculous, like the light bulb. You can't change out a light bulb. You can't put new reflective tape on. Guys hey. are losing jobs because of this. And you can't – the thing with the blanket is, years ago, the state of Maryland, it's the white sheet law. you got to have the white sheets in the truck for, in case and there's an accident and the state trooper doesn't have – uh, the white sheet to cover the body in case you need to cover the body. But in today's world, if you're anywhere close to an accident and you go to help out, you might get sued for helping out. So that's why a lot of people are – but that, that's, that's just a rule that needs to be completely rewritten or, or just thrown out. But it just amazes me that Ann Farrow would sit there and act like she did today and talk like she did today and it just baffles me that this woman is in, is in charge of what's going to happen to our industry, and she's just going about her own way and doing whatever because she doesn't answer to anybody. And we he made that, that, which I was glad he made that point, but here's another one, and I'm sure you heard this too if you listened to the whole thing. And I tried to catch the guy's name, but I couldn't read it on his name tag, but... He made the statement, and he said that companies should have less responsibility and CS, on CSA and that the drivers should have more. I just about fell over when I read that. Um, yeah, that, yeah, he was out. You heard that? Yeah, I heard it, yeah. I caught the tail end of it because I'm having uh, Internet connection problems here, but I did hear that, so I don't know. Yes, the driver. I think what I think he he's got the right idea, but I think he said it wrong. Yes, the driver is ultimately responsible. We're all ultimately responsible as drivers or owner operators or whatever we are in this capacity to make sure that once we step in that truck and we release the brakes and we start going down the road, that we take care of not only our truck but our cargo. Okay, and if that's the way he was headed, that's right. But if he was headed in the fact that it's up to the driver to make sure that the company fixes it, well, you know, that's that's not reality because we all know what we go through. Like I said, Johnny goes in and complains. Well, Johnny may not get a load for three or four days now because he went and complained. I mean, it's Well, that's the other thing that, that nobody brought up was the retalia- retaliatory measures that are taken upon drivers, and we just went through that with uh, one of the one of the deaf drivers. Of course, you know he got rehired right away because he's an excellent driver, but there was retaliatory uh, type of action that was attempted uh, on his DAC report, or if somebody called uh, for a recommendation for another job. However, Alan and I got uh, ahead of the game and contacted uh, the trucking company, and they hired him, and we told them 
what happened. So these types of retaliatory actions that take place, you know, I can't imagine them not being aware of it. Uh, They must be, but perhaps it's not in their jurisdiction to take care of that, and maybe they think CSA, by fining the company as well as the driver, will prevent that kind of uh, action, Um, you know, because they're going to get the fine too. But, yeah, if if a driver, you know, says that he doesn't want to go, and, uh, you know, or, you know, because of something wrong with the truck or, hey, it's not safe or something like that. And then they say, fine, you know, and next week they get, what, 1,200 miles. So, yeah. I mean, th- these are all the games that are played. And, uh, you know, we just go over it over and over and over. It's the same old stuff. It gets old. And uh, and I will end this just to say this, that that one guy, and I believe his name was Owings, said that drivers, if they expect all this from drivers, they should be paid for what they're being asked to do, and he recommended hourly pay. And, you know, I I don't know who all these people were, Alan. I mean, I don't know if – I mean, they just had little signs in front of their faces there, so I couldn't tell, you know, what their position was. Um, Maybe other people, you know. Every person that was on the committee, if you go to the Overdrive magazine – uh, where they actually had the information where you had to click the links, the two or three links to finally get to the broadcast online yeah. that you see in here. Everyone was listed on the committee on the other page, okay? So go, everyone look. there was listed. Recognize a couple of those names, especially that fellow that wanted to uh, give more responsibility to the driver and less to the companies. It was It was a W... H something. I don't think it was white, but kind of like that. I'll I'll see it. If I see it, I'd like to know who said that. Well, the one thing that I like before I forget this now, I don't I don't want to stop your 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 speech. Uh, you're talking here. Your thoughts. Uh, the one thing that I did like near the end, about three fourths of the way through, one of them said, "I'm going to go ahead and suggest that we need someone here who is a trucker." We need someone who was actually involved in the industry, and because Todd Spencer sent in, they actually had comments from Todd Spencer. Uh, there were two of them there that he, you know, questions or, or statements that he made, and whoever the senator or congressman was said, I'm going to go ahead and put a motion through now to include someone from OIDA on our board immediately. He said, well, I, we the one thing it. I heard after that that I was surprised, and I can't remember. Do you remember what the statement was from Todd? Uh, I remember them saying it. I believe it was that you know it was hurting the smaller carriers, but I could be wrong. And oh, I remember what it was that the smaller carriers don't have the opportunity right. to uh, have uh, inspections to raise their scores. Um, that they're just in an unfair advantage. And somebody came back and said, uh, well, I don't believe that. I think that's wrong. And I don't know who it was that said that. Do you? Well, the C.H. Robinson guy shut him down real fast. He said because because they can't, as, sorry, NASIC, which is North American Small Trucking Companies out there in Nashville, Tennessee, been a member of them off and on for years. This year, the president asked sent out a letter saying, we can't get freight because our carriers are rated this amount, okay? 
And I have a buddy who runs, uh, he's a total independent as well. And he said, man, he called me one day, and he's all upset. And I said, what's the matter, man? He said, well, they won't use me. I said, why? I said, you're safe. You know, you don't have any accidents or anything. Well, I haven't had an inspection in so long. I said, are you kidding me? He said, no, they won't use me because they don't know me, and I don't have an inspection, and I can't prove it to them. And that's exactly what the C.H. Robinson guy said. He said, there are so many carriers out there that because of all this stuff with CSA and everything else, um, it has a lot to do with, there was, did you hear the comment about the huge lawsuit that someone had to settle just recently within the past year? That some, I can't remember where it was, but it was a huge amount of money. They had used a carrier that was unknown and it was not inspected. And ever since then, all these companies have been on, on that bandwagon. If we don't know you and you haven't been inspected in this amount of time, we're not going to use you. So the statistics that were brought forth when it was 30% of carriers that are inspected right now, that means 60% across the country are not being used. That means, and according to the statistics, what they were saying, uh, owner-operators and independents are take, uh, you know, a majority of the trucks that are out there right now. So guys who are independent who haven't been inspected are not going to get the freight because they don't have the safety rating. Well, and that was that was a big point that that was being made today, and it just seemed like those responses that were coming back were kind of like going in circles. And uh, I, I mean, I couldn't really understand the responses because they didn't match the the statements or the questions. So I think the follow up on this, and when uh, Congressman Duncan said, you know, you can respond to all of this. You have 15 days. Anybody who has attended or was uh, giving a testimony today, uh, you know, now we understood that to mean that you had to actually be there. And then you had said uh, in a private message, no, that means even if you had attended on the webcast that you can respond. Well, let me state this correctly so everybody can hear me correctly. Okay, my congressman was Congressman Coble. He asked two questions. He was there present, okay? So when I talked to Kirk, I said, look, there, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be said about this. He says, Bill, I understand that. That's great. Submit your comments to us. We'll send them to Coble. And if he thinks that they're, you know, within that realm of something that he can submit as in comments, then it can be done. So that's, You know what you I'd know, like to do? I'd like to CC all of them. And and hopefully somebody, definitely that uh, Don Young in Alaska, who, and you know, we have a lot of new people who just um, came on a little while ago. They came on yeah. late. I want to tell them the statement from the uh, congressman from Alaska when he said that uh, this entire system referring to the CSA is an illusion of what you would want it to do or accomplish. And... Well, Okay, and that he said that that they need to all be taken a logic pill because it just wasn't logical, Uh, which, you know, if he's thinking that, then there's a lot of other people thinking that, and this is what we call accountability. So that's why I think today's meeting was so huge because I think a lot of times people who who aren't accountable to people, like the FMCSA, um, they become arrogant. 
and they just think that they really truly believe what they're doing is right and perfect and without you know blemish so you know hearing hearing comments like this is good for them because they realize okay we've got a lot of work to do and that's good too because in the long run i don't think anybody wants to hurt anybody you know i don't think it's a personal matter with rayla hood or ann farrow or anybody i think they're upset because there's an injustice that's going on and we have to maintain it like that because sometimes people get a little crazy and they start disliking a person and they really have to stick to the situation and the facts and what it is they're upset about. Don't bring well, out, you know, stupid stuff. Well, she's a smart woman. Okay? She's, she's an educated woman. She's a smart woman. But the problem that I think, and anybody can tell me that I'm wrong, that that's fine. Okay? She's got no direction. I think honestly, and Deb and I were talking about this today, something like in a bait and switch, okay? We present this problem to you. Well, I misdirect your attention because I want to take your focus off of that problem that you brought to me. Therefore, I can make this look more important, switch it around, and all of a sudden you completely forgot about that. And, and, that's, and that's what people are good at. They're good at that, so you have to stay focused. And, you know, just just maintain your own focus and not let that deter what you're trying to accomplish. Well, during the telephone conversation that the Trucking Solutions Group had with Ann Farrell, it was sort of the same thing. Well, we'll have to look into it. We'll have to look into it. We'll have to look into that. There was quite a bit on that show. I didn't quite hear as much of that today uh, on, this, uh, on this program. Oh, guess what, Bill? Guess what? She's I'm out of of you know, a lot of misdirection, and that's that's not what we need in the trucking industry. Everyone who got up, the ATA, C.H. Robinson, the lady from Tennessee, uh, all the other witnesses were there, even the safety advocates. Uh, that's right, it was a safety advocate group that said, oh, well, you know, the crash predictability thing. Uh, that's crazy, you know. I mean, if I crack an egg one day one way and I crack it a different way the next day, it doesn't predict that I'm going to crack it the same way the next day. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. Things happen every day out here on the road. Uh, it's like the drivers that tell you, oh, I never get hung up and my phrase is the same every day. Nonsense, okay. This stuff happens all the time, every day out there. Conditions change. You know, you can go down the road, and anybody who's been driving for a long time, be it a car, a truck, a bus, or whatever, you go down the road, the road is dry, all of a sudden it starts to rain, what happens to the road? The road conditions have changed because it hasn't rained in such a long time. The oil is sitting on top of the of the actual asphalt, and all of a sudden the roads become slick as ever. How are you going to predict that? You can't predict that. No, and I think they made that point, too, and I think a lot of things came up today. Hey, has anybody, Alan, I noticed you um, wrote a thing. Hold on. I copied and pasted what you wrote. Um, It was about Jabin Bogon. There was an update. They suspended his his hearing for a week. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah. It was supposed to be for Wednesday. But they postponed it for a week. Oh, my. Well, actually, that's good, though, because, I mean, from... That's what I said, to give additional time to, uh, you know, to raise funds to help the family for the fine. 
is everybody aware of what's going on with him? Um, I'll just let everybody know what's going on with him. This was the driver who was uh, jailed in Mexico because uh, he made a wrong turn. He had ammunition on his truck. He was thrown in jail. We had a show. His mom was on the show, you know, pleading uh, to to release him. Uh, you know, it was the trucking company's load. They had all the paperwork. It was all it was all you know legal, legitimate, and he just made a wrong turn. And uh, anyway, well, what happened? They re they reenacted. I mean, they had video surveillance of what happened. Oh, they did. And he tried he tried to turn around, but he was on the bridge. And they the video shows the vehicles backed up, you know, for you know forever. And he he couldn't turn around. He couldn't turn around the eighteen wheeler on the bridge. So uh, he was told to. He said he was told to go into Mexico, and then that's when everything uh, just broke loose. But they had it all on surveillance, and the Mexico judge, uh, uh, and even the Mexican officials, the border officials there, you know, testified. And the judge, the judge ruled after looking at the evidence, the surveillance, and all the testimony, ruled that it was an accident. And uh, so, I mean, he was facing 30 years in prison, and they uh, they dropped the charge down to possession of ammunition. And, you know, it is illegal to take the ammunition into Mexico, big old sign staring him in the face, but he, he was on a bridge. He had no choice. He was told to. But the judge uh, reduced the sentence, and um, he could still face up to six years, but the, his Mexican uh, attorney there, you know, is shooting for just the fine. So that's kind of where we're at now. Well, yeah, and here's the deal. And we were talking to Dan Fuller of uh, HotelsForTruckers.com, and he's the one that set up that uh, website. And actually, I don't have the name of the website. Free, FreeJabin.com. Oh, FreeJabin.com, and that's J-A-B-I-N. But anyway, <clears throat> you know how Mexico is. Everything costs money. So he has to come up with twenty thousand uh, dollars, or he's going to be spending those six years in jail. I mean, yeah, it says it could be up to twenty thousand. So we don't really know what the fine. That's what the hearing was about. Was to um, well, he was going to. They were going to, you know, ask for just the fine, but uh, it can be up to twenty thousand. Don't really know what it's going to be if it's going to be at all. Okay. Well. Um, talking to Dan, I mean, he pretty much he even said twenty to thirty thousand to me while I was on the phone with him. Uh, but what we did is uh, we're we're giving a donation. It's uh, I think it's Jabin underscore Bogan at Yahoo dot com, and we're just asking people to give a dollar. Yeah, through PayPal. Yeah, through PayPal. It's a trust fund that's being handled through uh, Chase Bank. Oh yeah. Oh, perfect. So, I mean, you're not even giving it to anybody in particular. You're giving it to, you know, uh, a trust attorney. So, it's I'm going to spell it um G J A B is in boy I N underscore Bogan, which is B is in boy O G A N at yahoo.com. And here I'm going to try to post it up in the chat room too, because you know I think we all—I don't care how broke we are, 
we all have a dollar. And I think a lot of times it's the effort you have to do to go to PayPal and log in and then to but if you could just take the three minutes and donate the dollar, um, you know, that could save somebody from being in jail for six years in a foreign jail to boot and they're no country club, let me tell you. over an accident. Over I mean, you know, it was a stupid accident, but he was uh he had no choice. I mean, he just he couldn't turn around on the bridge, so it was just a bad situation all the way around. But uh, you know, if uh, I mean, we have what twenty five thousand followers throughout our whole social media sites. I mean, if uh, <laughs> can't raise money to help help the guy, that's uh, going to be pretty sad. I I think so. So you know, if you have a dollar, if you have two dollars. But at least a dollar, and I, I think nobody will miss a dollar. I, I'm sure of it. Um, and I, like I said, I just think it's a matter of people, you know, having to log into PayPal, and it's kind of bother. And then they'll think, well, my dollar isn't going to make a difference. And then you get about, a, you know, 10,000 people who think that way, and, boy, you just lost $10,000. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, to help a fellow driver. So, uh, well, time's winding down, Donnie. you have announcements? Well, I, I we kind of went over all uh, announcements, but I just wanted to um, uh, say thank you. We closed out our sponsorship program uh, this week, and we brought on four more sponsors, four more bronze sponsors. I'd like to uh, announce them. Uh, Benefits World, and that would be BenefitsWorld.com, and Hurt Truckers. At HurtTruckers.com or HurtTrucker.com, that is, without the S, HurtTrucker.com. And they've been on our show um, talking to truckers about workman's comp and things like that. Uh, Train Code Truck Driving Schools uh, with Ken Howell. He's also been on our show. Runs a top-notch truck driver training school. Uh, They are the only training school supporting the uh, convention. And hotelsfortruckers.com. Dan was also a sponsor last year. Uh, great site. You need to go look at it. Uh, where to find uh, uh, parking for large large trucks. So uh, those are our four latest sponsors. They came at the last week at the 11th hour and have jumped on board with us. And we're we're thrilled to death. And we're looking forward to seeing them all again. Um, just a little bit about the convention. I would like to actually uh, say all the people who are um, sponsoring and supporting drivers and what we're trying to achieve. Uh, Trip Sheet Central, that's Eddie Kachui, um, tripsheetcentral.com. Lone Mountain Truck Leasing at lonemountaintruck.com. Cobra Electronics, they're giving a huge amount of gifts to the professional drivers uh, showing up the uh, Zeta Corporation, and they've actually changed their name. I believe it's XRS. I didn't put it in my notes, but you can go on our um, sponsor page and see their new banner. And AirDoc, uh, and uh, well, I didn't mention the bronze sponsors, but yes, AirDoc, one of the TSE uh, people, they were also a sponsor last year. And uh, bronze, I'll just going to go right through the list here. Transportwatch.com, OIDA, Trucker2Trucker.com, Idle Air, 
Truck Drivers Money Saving Tips with Vicki and Mike Simons. And by the way, they're going to be on our show um, next week and talk about how drivers can save money. Uh, Real Women in Trucking, Casey Trucker, that's Rigs and Rides Magazine, Allen and Ayers Productions, Trans Products and Services, A Trucker's Wife with Kathy Caths, Go Truck Stop, Trucker Lawyers, Bling Master, Max Therapy, and the last four are Hotels for Truckers, Train Code Truck Driving Schools, Hurt Truckers, and Benefits World. Um, the tickets for the convention are $99, and when you look at everything you get, you have uh, access to some of the speakers that are true driver advocates. These people have given up their time to speak to drivers and the industry, informing them and educating them. Uh, it includes four full buffets. Um, they're not sandwiches. These are hot buffets from soup to nuts. Uh, all the refreshments in between are also included, including snacks. Uh, what you also uh, are included is the open forum. This is a huge uh, uh, topic that people really are drawn to because they can get up and speak their voice, their opinions, ask questions, and it's all being recorded by David Chamonte, um, who's going to have a video out for us. There's free truck parking, like I said, $5,000 worth of prize giveaways from Cobra. Then we have another 1000 worth of prize giveaways from GoTruckStop.com. And you have your free entry to the Pride in Your Ride. And there you go, more prizes. All you have to do is shine your truck up. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be crumbed out. You just shine it up. And uh, I think two GPSs and a, and a CB are for the first second and third place winner. Please honor uh, Hope Rivenberg and Kari Fisher. Hope uh, was the winner last year of the Making a Difference Award. And uh, this year she's passing it on to Kari Fisher of the Missing Truck Driver Network, who was the winner of the Jason Rivenberg Making a Difference Award this year. Uh, prizes to all candidates are sponsored by CodeTruckStop.com. That includes a $500 check to Kari. And uh, for the other four candidates, a $100 gift certificate. Uh, our topics and speakers are among the very, very finest. We have Paul Taylor of Trucking Employment Law, for uh, speaking on trucking employment law from the Truckers Justice Center. Richard Wilson will be speaking on regulations, CDL training, and the truck driver shortage. Elaine Papp from the FMCSA. She'll be speaking about the health issues, regulations, including sleep apnea, BMI, and the National Registry of Medical Examiners. Kyla Lieberg, Truckers Against Trafficking. She'll be speaking about the atrocities of human trafficking and how she used social media to uh, grab the entire trucking industry onto this movement of Truckers Against Trafficking. Rick Ash. Uh, truck driver health issues. He'll have his own testimony there, and he's going to discuss the seriousness of, uh, of, of driver health. And finally, we have Chris Voss, who is coveted throughout the social media world for his knowledge on social media. Uh, he will be speaking on the social media strategies. He is one of the top 25 in Forbes magazine or social media, so we're really looking forward to hear what, how we, we can all benefit from social media strategies. Uh, we have James McCormick of Trucking Careers of America. Hope Rivenberg, like I said, will be there. Kari Fisher will be there. 
um, the Pride in Your Ride contest, which I uh, mentioned. And um, I just want to say the mission of all this. There's there's so many goals we're trying to achieve. It's hard to put it in one statement, but um, the annual truck driver social media convention is for the professional truck driver and for those who support them, uniting and working together to create a circle of trust. It's for all those who want to raise the standards of the trucking industry, to discuss, network, learn, inform, be recognized, and to have a voice on the social media platform. Uh, As social media has grown, positive changes, uh, change seekers have uh, been sought out within the industry for ideas and solutions. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for for people who really want to really want to make a change, really want to uh, have their voice heard, uh, important issues kind of like today's meeting, uh, only only on a, a level where we all unite together, drivers, companies. We have a quite a diverse crowd this year. It's, it's not all drivers. There's a lot of companies attending this year to support drivers, and we're just thrilled to death. I want to say a very extra special thank you to the Waller Truck Company once again, um, they uh, hired Mike Smith, <clears throat> who was uh, was let go. Uh, totally unfair, and uh, just what happened was totally ridiculous. Actually, it started out because he wanted to go to the truck driver convention, and his company uh, what must have been upset about that, and uh, talking about retaliatory actions, decided they wanted to put something negative on his back. And uh, we're going to have a post about the whole thing, and then you can read all about it. But um, we want to thank, say thank you to Waller for um, for listening to the truth and, and believing us. So anyway, uh, thank you to them. And other than that, you need to get up on www.truckingsocialmedia.com and sign up for your ticket. You absolutely are not going to want to miss this. Uh, if you go look at the testimonial page, and uh, uh, you'll uh, you'll you'll see what everybody said. Just go to the website, hit testimonials, and you can read them all. There's a ton of them about the truck driver convention. So register today. Make sure you got your seat. Print your ticket out and get entered in the Pride in Your Ride truck contest. And let's get to see some big winners on those Cobra prizes. They sent eight GPSs this year, uh, six CDs, twenty five. Bluetooth headsets. Uh, Go Truck Stop has um, like iPads, only they're not. What are they, Alan? They're um, Google. Oh, the Android. The Android uh, thing of the iPad. And also some um, little lunch, hot lunch boxes that you heat things up in. And so they've got a bunch of gifts that they've donated to. So, I mean, pretty much I would hope everybody's going to walk out with a gift. And not only that, the gifts are just secondary. The information that is given uh, to to drivers, the power, and the ability to understand what's going on is just wonderful. And the networking with one another, it's just a wonderful time. And I know I keep talking about it, but that's because I'm excited about it. So uh, truckingsocialmedia.com, if you have any questions, give us a call. The number is 352-505. 8162, and we'll be happy to discuss anything you want. All right. Sounds good. I tell you what, I'll take a quick break here, and when I come back, I'll wrap up this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. So be back in two and a half minutes. Hang with us.
Okay. You're listening to Truth About Trucking live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live and AssetTrucker.com with an important message for owner-operators and fleet owners. Hodgeon Incorporated is a company that makes the Dynasys APU, and if you're considering an auxiliary power unit for your truck but thought you just couldn't afford it, you need to talk to the Dynasys guys about their all-new financing program. The Dynasys APU saves fuel and provides AC, heating, plug-in power, all of those comfort necessities you deserve when you have to shut down for your mandatory break. It's definitely the smart way to be comfortable and save money. Their finance program is designed to make your monthly payment nearly half of what you're spending on fuel with their goal of making APUs available for every hardworking driver. They realize that times are tough and that credit is hard to come by, so they offer full credit plans giving all owner-operators and fleet owners a guaranteed financing opportunity. They can even get you hooked up with grants that can cover APU costs as well. Give them a call at 1-800-289-8282. Toll free 1-800-289-8282 or just Google search Dynasys APU. Visit them online at hodjohn.com. That's H-O-D-Y-O-N.com. The Dynasys APU, the best solution to engine idling. Heads up, truckers. Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. All right, very good. Donna, you got it all in? I think I do, Alan. You know me, after the show, I'll sit here and go, oh, I meant to say this. I know. Well, we'll catch it next time. But uh, listen, thanks again to our special guest, Congressman Paul Tonko, for joining us this evening, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. A lot of uh, a lot of listeners on the line. No hands up. You were just listening, but we appreciate you tuning in, and uh, really appreciate it. And our next show will be on Thursday, September twentieth, two thousand twelve, at seven p.m. Eastern Time, when Mike and Vicky Simons of TruckDriversMoneySavingTips.com will join us as we discuss how to save money living life on the road. So a fun show there. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows. And, you know, there, like I said earlier in the show, there there were many within the trucking industry who said that Jason's Law would never happen. And, uh, you know, songwriters David Ayers and Barry Allen of AllenAyersProductions.com wrote the song Say a Prayer for Jason, which is included on the When the Big Rigs Don't Roll CD. And Congressman Paul Tonko recited a few words from the song during a House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee hearing on the Surface Transportation Bill in April of 2011. Take a listen. I want to close my remarks this afternoon with these following words, written by songwriters Barry Allen and David Ayers in tribute to Jason. I quote, Jason drove that truck, reaching for that blue-collar dream. 
hardworking man making a living driving that big machine. He loved his son Joshua and Hope, his wife, but for $7 he lost his life. With nowhere to rest in between his loads, he was shot to death on the side of the road. Say a prayer for Jason. Say a prayer for Joshua and Hope. Say a prayer for all the truck drivers stuck out on the road. Say a prayer. Say a prayer. Say a prayer. Chairman Schmidt and Ranking Member Napolitano and distinguished members on this committee, I would like to thank you for letting me testify before you today. And I would only end with this. While saying a prayer is always a good decision and a helpful measure, I hope that I can work with each and every one of you to ensure that enactment of Jason's law and make safe truck parking a reality for anyone that seeks it. And certainly, it's a way to answer the prayers of Hope and Jason's family and friends. Thank you, Madam Chair, and I yield back. Congressman Tonko and Hope Rivenberg, along with many others who we have not mentioned, such as all of the co-sponsors who joined in with the bill, as well as all of you who many names we will never know, but who joined in on the national call-in days, who emailed, telephoned, and faxed your support to Congress and the Senate, those who voiced your support and kept the force going through your social media channels, you all proved that when drivers come together for a just cause and who never back down from that cause, that you can change things for the better, not only for drivers, but for the industry as well. So because of all of you and everyone involved in everything you've done, Jason's law is now law. So until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening. that truck reaching for that blue collar dream hard working man making a living driving that big machine he loved his son Joshua and hope his wife but for seven dollars he lost his life with nowhere to rest in between his loads He was shot to death on the side of the road Say a prayer for Jason Say a prayer for Joshua and Hope Say a prayer for all the truck drivers Stuck out on the road Say a prayer, say a prayer, say a prayer. They say accidents are up because of driver fatigue. But states keep closing their stops when they know that's what we need. Find a place so you're stuck for the night So you park on the road and you risk your life I don't know about you, but it makes no sense to me If they'd pass Jason's law, you'd have a place to sleep Say a prayer for J.
Jason Say a prayer For Joshua and Hope Say a prayer For all the truck drivers Suck out on the road Just say a prayer Say a prayer Say a prayer Right and doing right has no price. Pray they'll pass Jason's law in his name, and he didn't die in vain. No, he didn't die in vain. Say a prayer, Jason. Say. Joshua and hope say a prayer for all the truck drivers stuck out on the road. Just say a prayer, say a prayer, say a prayer, say a prayer. 